And here we go. Pushing the button. Ready to go. I get so have a good time talking to you <laughs> like we just he just came and sat down and then we just we just got into it yeah yeah and by the way that's the first mistake you know of doing these things is you're supposed to save it <laughs> save it for the air <laughs> yeah yeah totally understandably they already know that story we heard it we heard it all right there you are give your cans over there <laughs> all right let's start the show Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Oh, gosh, all my buttons. Sorry. Welcome back uh, to the Late Night Playset. My name is Jay Ryan, and it is Thursday, November 19th, 2020. Uh, Mrs. Ryan is on assignment, as you may notice, and our guest, if you didn't hear me say it just a moment ago, is Mr. Gary Cannon. Hi, Gary Cannon. (laughs) They can see you. We are going to be talking about all sorts of stuff tonight. Um, Gary Cannon, the first time he was here, he worked on Conan. Some news in the uh, in the news. There's some there's some news about Conan that we're going to talk about today. Three days ago, as recently as three days ago, you may have read uh, in the trade some news going on over at Conan. Um, but that and we still don't have a president, so my beard is getting longer and longer. Gary, I'm on sort of a, a oh. beard strike thing until we have a confirmed. Uh... My wife's doing the same thing. She is. Same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't she be your beard? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, if you couldn't tell, we're already having a good time. Thank you so much for deciding to dial us up and have a good time with us here in the playset. We are live. It is 5.05 here in the Pacific and um, got very few things to handle tonight. We've got a TBT because it's Thursday and that's what we do. Um, but it's a really good one. We're going to make a whole segment out of it. In fact, I think I'll wait and I'll do it while you're in here so okay. that maybe we can talk about it afterwards. It's a, a great Porsche drive we did. It's called the uh, the Professor Run. He does them all the time. He's a great friend, um, but it's a whole little five-minute adventure, and we'll play that a little bit later. TBTs. No, no, uh, excuse me. East Coast Feeds. East Coast Feeds. Uh, let's check in with Danbury Chive. It's Brooke and the Casman, I believe. See where they are today. Roll it out. Mr. Ryan, East Coast Feed, coming to you live from New Milford, Connecticut. Say hey, Brooke. Hi. I'm supposed to say hey, Brooke. Hey, hi. <laughs> Brooke uh, hates when I do random adventures, and today we bust out a new application for fun. It's called Rando Nordica. It's supposed to take you to weird places, and it's taking us to the goddamn middle of nowhere in New Milford. There's the biggest lake on, behind us world on some fucking mountain. There's nothing actually here. It's just the end of a really, really long path. It's kind of spooky. Thank God we didn't do it in the uh, nighttime. You gone, babe? Uh, I, I, apparently she's done. She's done. Okay, so there's she's nothing in the spooky area. This is where it was, and that's uh, Rando Nordica, strange application we found for random oh adventures God. here in the mil- wilderness of Connecticut. Love you. <laughs> that's funny to me. Uh, that looks exactly like where I grew up. I think he said he was in New Milford, Connecticut, where you hear us reference it all the time because it's where they shot Mr. Deeds, the Mr. Deeds restaurant in that street. Also, uh, from the Letterman episode of Cars and Coffee when they went to the granary. Granary, whatever it's called. Uh, that's all New Milford, Connecticut. And there's a, you might call it the sticks. It's more like the sticks up there. Not a whole lot going on. But I grew up in the woods, so it looks nice to me. Uh, Brooke, unamused. Check in a little bit later. See what's going on with Brooke and the Kazman. Roll it out. Mr. Ryan, East Coast Feed, coming to you live from Casa de Caz. Say hi, Brooke. Oh, she did a good job on that one. Listen, so we're watching Ghostbusters <laughs> her first time. <laughs> She knew, she knew who to call. I mean, that was like a thing, obviously. But now she knows goes to the Gozerian. So 
I'm not cheesy. Anyway, she's learning all the good lines. I'm really excited about it. And I'm just excited to share something fun with the wife. Oh, I can say wife now. It's East Coast Seed now with the wife. Just letting you guys know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. We love you guys. Brooke, anything else? She's so talkative. Not even a little bit. <laughs> uh, Gary. Those, uh, you, you probably remember you, you, those guys. They're, they're, he's my, like my best friend from yeah. growing up. He works at BMW in Connecticut. They got married um, a couple weeks ago okay. in Danbury, Connecticut by the mayor of Danbury. He's a friend and I think a client of him at, at BMW. But you may know him more recently as the mayor who renamed the dump after John Oliver. <laughs> it's the same town. Same town, same guy. Um, uh, mayor Mark over in Danbury. <laughs> Literally, like, it was the same week that they got married that uh, that they renamed, you know, that the picture came out with the sewage treatment plant and John Oliver and everything. And it's literally where I grew up, too, so. All right. Um, without further ado, we don't have music for him or anything else, but let's bring in our guest this evening, Gary Cannon. I want to talk, uh, yeah, you're going to walk in, maybe I'll put music in later, maybe I won't, I don't really know. Wherever you want to be, well, yeah, this one, I guess, because there's a microphone. And we had, uh, you can't tell too much on this because of the camera angles, but we had actually measured out the distance. If I sit over here in front of the microphone, it's more than wow. six. Well, I will tell you this, and uh, we'll start here. And then pull that near you a little bit. It doesn't need to be right on you. But. We have a lot to catch up on. We do. But when I was asked to do the show again, because I, I did it once before. Yes, uh, welcome we back. I figure out when that was. Um, but when I was asked to do the show uh, by Richard, he said, do you want to Zoom or do you want to come in? Yeah. Normally, I would be like, hey, I can just knock this out of the house. Doesn't make a difference. Be over and done very quickly. But because it's this, it's you. I wanted to see you. I love this. I love oh. the place. I love the studio. I knew I had to come in. Thanks, man. Yeah, so it is It is awesome to be back. There's a lot to chat about uh, and a lot that just happened literally as of yesterday. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. So we should probably tell everybody, Conan, as we know it, the Conan entity on TBS, as we know it today, is ending. Well... Not not today. It's not ending today. No. Uh, The Conan show at Warner Brothers in Burbank is no more. Okay. The final show for Conan at Warner Brothers was in March. So did they... they, Now, for for other people at home who don't know how that was set up, they built not only the Conan studio, also... The green room, the production offices, the ancillary production facilities, all of these things are in one stage over on the Warner Brothers lot, a massive sound stage. They had a huge stage. They had – it was over at Stage 15, mm-hmm. sort of near where Ellen is. Right. And they the, – the ground floor was basically the studio, green room, all of that stuff, Conan's dressing room, Andy's dressing room. And then upstairs, uh, floors two and three, all of the production staff, everybody was up there. So it was a full-functioning – People always ask, like, what's that office like? And it's like, well, it's like regular office, but Conan's the CEO. He's walking. Right. Yeah, he's the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's fully functional. There's an accounting department. There's a HR department. It's it's whatever. It's like any business. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So this was going to be my question to you then. When they moved over to the Largo – all right. Well, we should expand this for everybody else who does – we're all insiders and we know all about it. But when COVID hit – Yes. Um, they stopped doing the show like everybody, right. started doing the show at home, blah, 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 like everybody. Eventually, I don't know how far in, right. six months or so, they took over the Largo, the coronet at the Largo. Great so, room in town. Yes. So what happened was this. Uh, COVID hit early March. 
We filmed the first two days of that week, which I believe was – I can remember the dates now, uh, 12th, 11th. It was I'm the ninth and tenth. It'll be a lot better. There you go. Oh, there it is. <laughs> they can hear you, <laughs> but I was now. like watching. Hi, why are his levels high? <laughs> the levels are low. Okay, so the last week that we filmed in studio at Conan was March the 9th and the tenth. It was a Tuesday, a Monday, Tuesday. Normally, we would film Monday through Thursday, but Conan was leaving that Tuesday night to go do a Conan Without Borders oh. episode. I don't remember where he was going. They really don't say too much about it, but he was going to fly but out that Tuesday out night. Town. Yeah, out of the country. So he was going to fly out that Tuesday night. We weren't going to be working on Wednesday, Thursday, but it was literally a two-day production week. Which is unusual. Unusual. And I've always said this, and maybe we've talked about this last time, the one thing I loved about Conan, in addition to many things, if you worked one day or four days, you still got paid for the week, which was oh, great. Oh, that's so, nice. So they always took great care of you. And I will say this until the very end in any show that I've ever worked on, he was the greatest. I mean, still is. I, I say that like the he's passed. Um, so <laughs> no, we, you say that like you're angling to we, work at HBO, <laughs> HBO Max. <laughs> That's right. So we we only did two days that week. It was Monday, Tuesday, and I remember this very clearly. I was also working on The Bachelor. Oh the Bachelor gosh. was taping their final show. The uh, after the final rose where they were announcing the winner. We should tell everybody you were doing warm up on Conan. I was doing probably yes and warm up on The Bachelor. Okay. The great thing about that gig is. The Bachelor was filming at Warner Brothers. They always change oh stages. They Sometimes they film at Warner Brothers. Sometimes they film at CBS Radford. They change it up because they don't have a commitment to any specific studio. So I happened to get lucky. I would I started doing The Bachelor, and then I would jump over and do Conan, and then I ran back and finished The Bachelor. I mean, for a warm-up guy, doing two jobs in a day is unheard of. Doing two jobs on the same lot is even better. So I'm starting, jumping to Conan, running back to the – it was the greatest. That so, sounds awesome. We do the show Monday, Tuesday, and then they canceled the Conan Without Borders show because he obviously can't go anywhere. There's you know, rumors things are starting to shut down. Right. You want, don't want to go someplace and then not be able to get back. You're stuck, right? So after those couple of days that we filmed in early March, we were going to be on hiatus for a couple of weeks because the thought was he was going to be gone. Oh he was going to be gone. So we were on hiatus from like the week of the 16th and then the week of March 23rd. So then everything get, hits. Did, Hiatus generally, you kind of sort of shut, th- put put your pencils away and everything. I mean, it's it's like you're going away on vacation at school. Like everything gets locked up. They don't like strike the set or anything. They but- don't strike the set, but but a lot of the production people. Not, I'm sorry, a lot of the office staff. They're still there because obviously HR is still getting done, accounting still getting done. They're still booking guests for future dates moving right. forward. But but the the, the crew's done. I mean, right. it, it's a ghost town. And I always say this to people when they come visit the show. The show ends at like five o'clock. At five o three, it's a ghost town. Yeah, it is. Nobody's Once hanging the around. Furniture's covered. It's empty. The 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 audience is gone. You you'll walk back in. You're like, I can't believe four minutes ago the energy in this room, and For me, it's, it's nothing. When they shit when they turn these lights off and put the overheads on. It's like whoa, whoa. And it's, it's amazing a bar at too. The end of the night. Like the guys, the production crew couldn't be walking to their cars any quicker because they've been there since like nine a.m. Right. They're ready to get home. Yeah, so they got families. They're done. So what happened was they we filmed those couple of days. Then we were off on hiatus. Then we're like, well, what's going to happen? I mean we're supposed to be returning the week. It would have been the week of March 30th. So the way Conan is set up is that we would film like four weeks on, two weeks off, three weeks on, three weeks off, whatever it was. Um, but we were committed to film a total of 30 weeks in 2020. That was the schedule from day one, from the beginning of the year. So we come back and now Conan's trying to figure out over those two weeks what he's going to do. So he decides that he's going to start shooting at home like a lot of the other shows. We get an email from the show basically saying, hey, guys, 
at this point, everybody's being taken care of right now. We just want to let you guys know. Conan has a history of Conan that. has a history of taking great care of the people yeah. when the strike happened, when he left The Tonight, Tonight Show, Show, and there was that transition to TBS. That's what I think of, he yeah. always took great care of people. Even and back at NBC, though, in the old days when I was there, I mean, even the strikes and other things, he was always all about the crew Always. And, and it was funny because I'd heard from so many other people who worked at different shows who was getting paid, who wasn't getting paid, what was going on. Right. But everything shut down. So as he kind of adapted and started doing the show from home, they said to us, hey, listen, we don't know what's going to happen between now and the next break or now and the end of the year, but just know everybody's being taken care of. Nobody was in our offices. There was no production. There was no no anything. In fact, when he was filming at home, I, I don't know if you remember this, but he was doing it with a, a phone. Like I think he was doing it with his phone or a small camera. I, I didn't know what was going on. I did – you know, I tune into all of this. Yeah. All of a sudden, everybody had to do what we have been doing for a couple of years. You know, I'll figure it out at home. Absolutely. Um, so I was very intrigued during this time. My, you know, all of my spidey senses were clicking off for everybody from Colbert to – Every show was doing it. Every show. Some some looked better than others. Some had better equipment. Some had a better backdrop. Yeah. But but it, Conan was doing it in his backyard. Yeah, and it was it's great. insane. He was, yeah. he was the most like himself, I feel, throughout. So then I think what happened was he was the first to kind of decide, I'm done doing this at home. Let's rent a theater in L.A. and we'll do it there with a, without an audience. What was the logic behind – maybe you don't even know, but what was the logic behind that? We, If we could do it in a theater, why don't we do it in our soundstage uh, well, without two, an audience? Two things. I think it's just easier to get in and out. Well, first of all, I think they wanted to support – the theater that that, they really that was did. an angle I really liked. Yeah, they Conan really said. wanted to support Largo because it meant a lot to Conan, the history of stand up there, and just everything that was involved. And I think they realized it was easier getting people, crew especially, into Largo Instead than it would be over the lot. Because listen, Jay, here's what's crazy. You're right. If I wanted to right now go onto Warner Brothers just to walk around. Couldn't even get on the lot. You have to get it cleared through multiple people. You're kidding. Couldn't even get on if you wanted to. Nope. I guess that makes sense with all the liability of they it. They just don't they, – They. It, it's not happening. So I think for Conan, it was easier. See, and I know we're jumping ahead, but it's – for Ellen, for example, Ellen's got an audience mm-hmm. right now, a very small audience, mm-hmm. 40 people plus a virtual crowd. She's one of the only shows that's has that's doing a, a live audience. And the reason she's allowed to do it is because she has the money – to get people tested rapidly right. before they enter the studio. They have the budget for the the instant swabs and all that. They have the money. For some of these other shows, it's it's a lot of money to do that. Right. So I think Conan, instead of bringing people back into the studio, which meant maybe some people would be in the production offices whatever, let's have everybody still work from home and we'll have maybe five people be at Largo. Uh, 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 the executive producer, a writer, two camera guys, a sound guy. It was very limited. Right. Like even if I wanted to go – Stop by and sit in the back of Largo and right. just what they. I made allowed. a joke to you at one point about yep. it. I was like, "So now can I go see Conan?" <laughs> you weren't allowed. There, there were cardboard cutouts. That's what you said. I said, "Oh, I got to send in my remember? cardboard cutout like everybody else." For a while, Andy wasn't even at Largo. <laughs> yeah, I do. He remember came that. in later. Yeah, right. And sits all the way in the back sits of the audience, all the way in the like back, thirty feet away. So, so I know people are thinking, "Hey, listen, once the cameras are shut off, I'm sure they're chatting it up," and they're not. I didn't get that. They're they're not. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it that's the the way it's going. Uh, in fact, they just had their very first guest in studio. I think saw it was John it. C. Riley. I saw it, and it was yeah. great. It was great. Conan came alive. So, so here's what happened. I think we we didn't know what was going on, other than the show was still kind enough to pay us, which was insane. And normally, can't last forever. Though, normally, right? I wouldn't talk about that. But the reason I do is I want everybody to know 
what a good guy he is and what a great production that show was to be part of. So so instead of like hiding I, – I want everybody to know like, hey, listen, I know a lot of people that work for other late night shows that aren't getting paid. And sure. I think the fact that Conan who on TBS you would think doesn't have the budget that some of these other shows do and those other guys aren't getting paid, the fact that he went to bat for us was pretty amazing, right? So we're still getting paid, still getting paid. Then there's an article in Deadline a couple of weeks ago with our EP, Jeff Ross, and he's just talking about the future of the show, what goes on with Late Night, uh, where he sees our show, uh, what he thinks about Late Night, all this stuff. So I read the article, and it said – That article didn't come out for no reason, though. Of course. No. No, no, no. (laughs) Okay. But it basically just said, you know, hey, we don't know what we're going to do, but a decision is going to be made soon. So we read this in the paper. In, in deadline. Still nothing. Still everything's going along right. according to plan. Everything's great. Now, you got to remember, Conan still has two years on his TBS contract, right? Whoa. Didn't so, realize that. I thought it yes. was over at the end of time. Nope. Okay. So, again, I don't know how this transitions out. Sure. So he's still got two years. So then we uh, get an email. This was yesterday, and it basically said – it was from our boss who's been nothing but great to me. It basically just said, hey – From Jeff Ross. Yep. Uh, hey, not the same Jeff Ross, by the way, for no, everyone else. No, no, this no, is, right. Yeah. Yeah, this is the other guy. The same Jeff Ross who started the Conan show way back right. at late night. 25, 27 I was, years ago, yes. Yeah. And, and it, I, by the way, I always say to my wife, so intimidating to talk to, but the nicest guy ever. It's a family there. It's the it, best. That He has a – there's a wall on yep. his face that was there in 1993, man. I felt the same way when I was a kid looking at that guy as I do now yeah. visiting the Conan show. He's the same. But But – the but he's best. great inside. Everyone says he's oh really, really nice. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've never experienced it. So oh, that's great. this email comes out, basically says what's going on. The email basically says, hey, listen, we're still going to shoot the show at Largo. We're going to continue shooting it. We're not even going to try to get into the studio. As of now and as of this show, we're not heading back into Warner Brothers. It's done. If you have stuff there, it's it's going away. So Oh, offices and everything. Everything. Yep. Everybody's working from home, so they're just going to clear that out. So the stage 15 is no done. longer – It's and done. The offices are no longer wow. – And by the way, let's – for example, I have probably a couple of dress shirts there that I sure. haven't picked up. In order for me to get back on the lot, I just can't go on the lot again. I got to get all this clearance. So basically they said, um, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. All of the office staff will still be with us at some point, right? But then the crew – they have to minimize it, obviously, because of course there's only a certain amount of crew that you know is worth them. So, and now we know what we're doing going forward. Absolutely, it's not like we're going to need you in a month. Absolutely. Right? So here's what was really nice, and this is this is kind of the the good and bad of the situation. So we all have calls with you know people that we need to talk to, and they said, "Here's what we're going to do," and, th- and this is why I just love the show. Like they said, we're going to pay you through the end of the year. That's still the same. They said, we're going to give you a severance package, oh and God. that was based on how long you were there, right? And then they said, which was amazing to me – this was for me specifically. They said, the Largo show is continuing through the end of June. That is a TBS production. They said, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID, audiences, any of that stuff, but what we can tell you is if there's a vaccine, if there's this opportunity where we can have an audience, just know we will and just know we would love to have you back. Oh. So they said, listen, Conan wants an audience. You th- By the way, you think he wants his last show on TBS to be without an audience? Right, a bunch of cardboard Absolutely cutouts. not. No. Absolutely not. No. So 
there is hope that that there could be kind of a resurgence to come back to the show, not at Warner Brothers, which I have some great memories of, sure. but maybe to Largo, even if it's a small crowd. The other thing is he's now leaving that and then going to do this HBO kind of weekly variety show, which I assume it'll be like a John Oliver, whatever it is, but that will have an audience. I'm looking forward to the new I Conan. am too. I have a feeling he's going to get to be able to do the show he always wanted to do. I, I, it's, it's, I really believe that in my heart. I it's believe, crazy. He's so talented in other ways yeah. that people don't get to see. If you go to rehearsals, if you work on that show, you know him and his rockabilly guitar and all yep. the stuff he just noodles on. And he's better than most people that are on the show. Yeah. Um, he's so talented in so many other ways that people, you know, Jimmy Fallon gets all the credit for that stuff. And Conan's the weird guy. He's the gangly and whatever. He's fucking brilliant, too. Yeah. He's so talented. Um, I'm that really... He's only really done this one thing, except for the last three or four years where he's like, oh, they've done... He did the smaller format show, and then they right. got rid of the desk. Now he's doing the Dick Cavett show, and now right. he's doing no band. You know, right, everything he's done, all these different versions. But other than that, he's been the same. It's. I think it'll be great for him. I think the whole dynamic of it will shift. I'm excited about it because even if I can be a part of it for once a week, yeah. if that's what they're doing, sure. That's because for me, Jay, all I wanted, even if it's a once a week kind of gig. I just want to be part of that family, even if it's once a week, once a month, whatever. To say that you're still part of that show is pretty amazing. And I will say, I even I, I've said this a million times, even if there was no severance, even if they weren't going to have me back, even if they said, hey, listen, we're going in a different direction. You're not going to be the fit with us anymore, but thank you. Even if they hadn't paid us through the end of the year. I wouldn't have one complaint, honest to God, and I would tell you because I've worked for some lousy shows, and I, I, I would just—they've taken such good care of us that it's just there's not one person that I know can complain about what a great family vibe that show was. There's not. That's it was awesome. amazing. It was, it was great. So I don't know what's going to happen. It would be great if we were able to come back in some way before Largo ends. Yeah. But that's kind of what's happening, and. You know, it's so funny, and I was telling you this uh, before we jumped on the air, that my mom was like, hey, can any of your friends take care of you? I was like, "Oh, mom, yeah. none of them every, are working. This is every mom from, from every show business mom. Of course, right? Yeah, by the way, my, my 80 friends. I stepped on it, though. Finish what you were saying. Well, well, she just like, you know, you have you have these friends that you used to work with. Can't they find some work for you? I was like, yeah, as soon as they find work for themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're they're rolling in dough right now. They're putting offers on their third house, and yet they're going to be looking. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, as soon as Steve comes back, my buddy Steve Burns, as soon as he comes back from the BMW dealer. Is that who it was? You you threw by the name really quick yes. before. Is that who yeah, it was? Yeah, because I always work with Steve Burns, so my mom was Mrs. like. Mrs. used to work with him. Where? Uh, on uh, He was doing Sullivan and Son at the time. Wait, I I did warm up on that show. Oh, did yeah, we not she, talk about she that? She was his publicist. Yeah, she was she she did publicist for the sh- publicity for the show too. She used to work with um uh, uh what's his name from uh, Ralphie from Christmas Peter Billingsley. Of course, and he was a producer on that. That's show. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. So Wild was, Wild West Productions, I think. Absolutely. Been, yeah, that was Vince Vaughn, and, and you know she worked with all. Wow. Of them, you know. Yeah, those were the guys. So I'm sure her and I crossed paths when we were there That's back so in funny. whatever that was. But but I just love the idea that my mom is like, yeah, can't Steve help you? It's like, oh yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like he's in Fiji right now, putting you know an offer on the island next to David Copperfield. But the minute he comes back, like you know what I mean? Like I'm on his call list, mom. Don't worry. I just it, it's so funny because everybody we talked about this. The only saving grace about the craziness of what's going on right now is that everybody's dealing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and listen, I can't you know I can't complain about being furloughed or however you want to put it, being let go, being laid up, whatever, because it it was such a great run 
for five years. I mean, it was incredible. Well, yeah, you you have nothing. Even when you were here last time, when you were still happily employed there, you had yeah. nothing but positive things to say. And yeah. we talked. You know, we used to know the guy who did the job before you, yes, Jimmy Pardo, of course. And we talked about that whole thing here. You were nothing but gracious. You've never had anything but positive things to say. About Not for the that Conan show. Family. I mean, uh, uh, listen, other shows, of course. Other no, that's shows, what I mean. But yeah. the Conan family, they, yeah, you can't. I mean, there's just no. And li- obviously, you, when you work with people, there's always that like backstage, like you know, <laughs> this really is bu- like? right, right, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can you believe? You know, but. Not for that show. I never saw it. I just never – and another thing that I really loved about the show when, when it was on, you could always bring guests and they were always welcome. Bring them in the green room. Show them around. Blah, 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 blah. Like they were always so gracious where I'll never forget one time I was working at uh, Craig Kilborn. It was one of my first jobs. And I, I remember I, I was there. You did too? Yeah. In the very beginning at TV City. It re- yeah. That's where I did it. Yeah. I, I was there at the very end though. Oh, okay. Yes. So I just remember like walking somebody around and, and there was a producer or somebody that literally embarrassed the shit out of me right in front of the guest. Like you have to go. Like you have, And I was just like, oh, wow, that's a, you know, a weird kind of like, hey, welcome to the team. Was it a segment producer? Like, Maybe. oh, this is where I'm supposed to be and you No, because to... I think we were in the audience like watching a band rehearse, not even a big, big oh my name band. God. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, weird. be shocked that they had two audience people watching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I've never heard of these people. So it was just – yeah, it, it was great. I'm excited to see what happens next with the show, uh, and it would be great. Listen, if there's a vaccine, if there's something good that comes up between now and end of June. Is that what it see. comes down to? I think so. Yeah, I mean I think so, although I think the reason Ellen has people is because of the cost and they're able to afford it. Well, who else? Like uh, um, doesn't Kimmel has got a small audience? It's all staff. Oh, it's that's, all, he's just got staff sitting in the it. seats. That's it. it it's oh, all Saturday Night Live. I think they pay those people. No. Like, like so. I know. I used to work there too, and I noticed that the floor seats have yes. got, they're 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 still there, but the sections are smaller. So what? So I think with Saturday Night Live, they because they have a, a different way of spinning it, where they say, "Oh, they're employees, or they're getting paid, or whatever." So like, and they also do the rapid COVID testing on them too. SNL is a different beast too, because they're yes. even on a different floor. Like literally, the audience is on the ninth floor, and the production staff and everything else is on the eighth. So maybe there's something. By the is way, there any if, kind of separation. If there? you if you were a fan, right, of SNL or Ellen or any of these shows, and you get to go now see the show with like thirty other people, which is what SNL or Ellen's doing, like. What an experience that would be. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they're doing the show for you. It's a private, yeah. It's a private event. So I was shocked. I mean, that's you know, a really good point you make. Yeah. It's I mean, like, oh, they're entertaining me. I mean, yeah, sure, 50 million people out there, but like me and my buddies. There's 30 people in the audience. How did you, <laughs> by the way, it was impossible to get tickets when there were 200 people in the audience. Yeah. Just think of how difficult it is now when there's 30. That's so amazing. It, it, it's incredible. So I, I, the only thing that makes me sad is that. When we left Warner Brothers that Tuesday in March, we had no idea that it, that was the end. Isn't that better? Isn't Maybe. That better Probably. Than you didn't yes. have to do the whole thing because the teary goodbyes blow. Yeah. And the Tonight Show one sucked. I mean, I didn't work there at the time, but I know people who did. And yes. we were over there and stuff. And it was like, eh. Yeah. Saying goodbye to that, you know, they built that building for him. Yes. <laughs> they literally stage built one. it. Stage yeah. one. Stage one. Literally right. built it. Right. Uh, or rebuilt it. It, it, so that was the funny. So to not have to have the yeah. whole like, oh, we're maybe, just gone one day. Maybe that was better. You know what I mean? And we're just done. You know what I mean? Like I somebody had said to me they were on the lot. They were in the studio to pick us something up. And they said it was so weird how it looked like a, a cabin 
at Camp Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th that looked like it had just been abandoned. There were cobwebs. It just oh, stunk. Weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because nobody's been in it. Right. Nobody. Whatever bananas were in the fridge are still there it's rotting. everything. Because right. I remember thinking, there's got to be people still working in the office. There's nobody. In fact, Conan hasn't even been. They said Isn't he has not amazing? been. amazing? Nope. Oh, that must be so weird. It's it's funny how things do happen quickly. You leave a soda open on your desk or whatever. It's moldy in two days, you know? You ne- So, right. You never know how it's going to play out. But Ugh. maybe that was for the best. Maybe it was just like, yeah, because ha- ha- let's just say like I knew it was my last day doing warm-up. I've been like, that's the last time I'm going to do this joke here. And yep. that's the last time I'm going to do this joke. That's the last time yeah, I'm going to throw out these t-shirts. everything. 100%. Absolutely. So, listen, it was great. I don't know it, just by talking to other people. Listen, this is a crazy time right now because what has to happen is you have to just transition your focus now. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be doing warm up for a while now. So what am I going to do? Well, you got to start looking at other things. Like you got to start, you know, hey, maybe should I do uh, commercial auditions if I can get somebody to rep me? Maybe should I do more corporate work for those cities that, you know, are available? There are people still making money. I, I was going to ask you. That was one of the things I want to transition to, at least later, if not now. Can we talk about corporate work and yeah. how, how that all works? Because I'm assuming that that is probably booming because the corporations are thriving under under this under – Well – The last few years. Yes and no. So so a lot of and, – and I've seen this from other people who are doing corporate Zoom shows, which are brutal. Oh, They're Zoom shows. They're not bringing live audiences in. Absolutely not. No. So so there are people that are doing these Zoom shows for companies. Brutal, right? They're bad anyway. Nobody's listening. They're bad anyway. And the company will tell you, hey, listen, we can't pay you that X amount of dollar that we normally would because we're hurting too. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut it by 150th and we're going to like almost like chicken scratch. And And you don't fly private up to the event anymore. And you don't. (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I I will I will share this story with you because I I don't mind sharing it. And, you know, I, I think it's important. I literally got a job working at Dr. Phil earlier this year, uh, actually in September. From stage 29 on 29. the Paramount Live. The old Arsenio. <laughs> the old, that's why I was doing Arsenio. It was crazy. <laughs> that was where they shot in Star Search. Yep. So and I right get, next to uh, Soul Train, which was a, it was still oh there when gosh. I was on Everybody Hates Listen, Chris. So you could still go in and, and touch the train, you know, the big neon really? train. Really? Yeah, it was all still there. Working on the Paramount Lab was incredible. That's an, an iconic studio. The Brady Bunch was filmed there. Frasier, Cheers, like everything that you Cheers can remember. Cheers one for me. I didn't Cheers. even touch you off, though. Laverne and Shirley, all those ones back in Happy, Happy days. days yeah. Everything. That, that lot is so iconic. So iconic. So um, – Dr. Phil. I did Dr. Phil and uh, – Boy, oh boy, I, I will tell you I was excited because I was obviously still getting Conan, but like I just wanted to be working. Yeah. And it was a Zoom people. audience. Yeah, oh, people. gosh. A Zoom. All Zoom. So what do they have? Is that like some of the other shows I've seen where they've got like screens out yep. in the seats? Okay. Yep. And and by the way, you're doing the warm-up with a mask on. You're doing the warm-up with a face shield on. So any connection you have to an audience – by the way, it would be difficult to do – a live audience with a mask on. Right. Now you have a mask and they're virtual. Now you're over two. Forget it. It's not working. Yeah. So I would so I, I was brought in to do this show because uh, a buddy of mine who had been doing it um was going to work at the NFL network. So they brought me in. So the idea of the show was you're gonna go out, do warm up for less than ten minutes, and uh that's it. And then the show will start. Well, here's here's why I got really angry, and and <laughs> I, listen, a lot of people have said I made the wrong decision, but I didn't care. Um, all of a sudden, uh, the first of all, the money was very bad. The money was bad, and it goes back to that corporate stuff of like we have no money, and it's like 
Well, you guys have been on the air for 18 years. I don't think he's hurting. He didn't take a pay cut. I don't believe that you have no money. But if you're telling me that here's what little money we have, but you're only going to be doing this very little, I guess I'm okay with it. I'm not thrilled in the circumstance. You cut the money. You cut the work. That maybe we have a deal. Right, sure. I'm okay with it. That's fair. But the minute that changes, now we have a problem, right? So – and again, this is the dilemma because other – Audience warm-ups would not back me up on this. They just wouldn't because they wanted to work. And even though they I want wanted that to work, gig when you lose it, <laughs> they wanted that gig. Yes. So what happened was all of a sudden it went from doing 10 minutes to 15, 20, 25. Right? Now, it's not even a fun. Phil's not ready. He's not ready. Phil's still in his trailer. And Driving it's not that big even jacked up golf cart he had. Yeah. <laughs> with the flames it, on it and everything. It's not even a fun <laughs> 20 minutes. It, by the way, here's is the, it torture talking to monitors torture. in an audience through torture a, uh, because through a, mask? through a mask because first of all they can't hear you you can't hear them oh the first God. eight minutes of it is spent who can hear me people are mumbling they're static there's a lot of issues it comes right? down to like knock knock it's brutal yeah. it's brutal and I just remember I had an earpiece and I would hear somebody saying the earpiece more jokes and I'm like I'm eating it out here eating it. It might have been a different story if they were live in the audience. I could have had fun with them. So th- now it's becoming 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, at, at the most, 25 minutes. I was like, this is mm. ridiculous. I go to the guy that hired me. I was like, this is not the deal. It's not what we agreed on. And it was the same situation of like, we have no money. And I was like, I said, this is ridiculous. I said, first of all, if I go to the union to sag after and tell them exactly what's going on, first of all, it's not a union show. right? And second of all, that you're making me do this. You know, I, 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 you guys are going to get in trouble. They also, wouldn't. that's not what we agreed it's to. That's not what we agreed that's on. That's really I what said, it comes down right. to for me. L- listen, I've said this a million times. You wouldn't ask the caterer for double the food for the same money. Hey, listen, we only have 200, but we want 80 more pizzas. It, it's silly, right? So I had to take a hard stand as bad as I didn't want to. And as much as I wanted to be just working and staying busy, I quit. I quit the show and I immediately turned them in. I went to SAG and I said, you have this show that's not paying a union rate. Everybody else on staff is union. I said, this is ridiculous. That's why I left. It took about a month, but then SAG forced them to become union. And then SAG went back and forced them to retro all of my checks that I did more time on. And they had to pay me more money. Oh, my gosh. It was incredible. So you actually did change things. I would Look at you. Yeah. That's amazing. I was very happy with it. I, I really well. It worked out for you, but also going forward, a precedent has been set. Well, listen. What I should obviously, I should have done things maybe a little differently. Like when I left there, it got ugly. In fact, I wrote anybody that I had an email for the biggest screw you email, and you're not going to treat people this way. And this is why I had it changed. But maybe what I could have done was maybe talk to the union while I was still there. Oh well, yeah. Make a grievance instead of quitting and the whole yes. thing. Yes. Now, maybe they would have fired me. Or yeah, maybe... you, that would not have led to a good working relationship I don't between think so. you and the show. Mm. But I will say for them to have to go back and retro – and we're, ta- we're not talking pennies. We're talking from a couple hundred to now double or triple the money sure. for one show. Mm-hmm. So and again, what's – Jay, what's fair is fair. I'm not go- – and, and all I asked them before I even went to the union was – can we bump up my money a little bit just to cover the difference in time? Right. Which would have still been less than what the union was forcing them sure. to pay. But they didn't want to listen to it. It was just no, no, no. And finally I was just like, I'm not coming in anymore. I've been doing this 20 years. You guys 
aren't going to take advantage. And I know that it, it all goes back to the COVID thing. It's so easy for people to be like, we're in a bad time right now. Right. You're still making money though. You know what I mean? Like I don't understand that. Yeah. You know, so I did feel this sense of empowerment to be like, hey, listen, I'm taking a stand. These other warm-ups, by the way, weren't happy with me because – you know why they weren't happy with me? No. I would think that that would no. have helped. Okay. They thought because I went to bat and said we need more money that the show was going to eliminate the job, which which I don't – listen. Good luck. Good luck. I mean I, – mm. Now is and, – and I remember telling the guy that hired me, the guy said, well, we never had anybody complain about this before. Um, and I said, well, it, the truth is, you know why you haven't had anybody complain about it before? It, it's always been production people that were up in the offices that just came down to the stage to do it. They like were the having a good like time. who wanted to be stand-ups or who were doing open to do micers it, right? who just right, – This sure. is my livelihood. So I think like I, I really felt good want, about it. if you want one of those guys, go – Pay those guys. But Pay those if you guys. Want me, I do this for a living. I said to him, I said, listen, I'll be out there for fifty minutes if you need me. I don't care how long he's taken back there. Right. Take your time. But you're gonna pay me for what the job is worth. You know what I mean? That's fair. If I'm juggling and doing all that stuff, it, and if there's a, a moment where, because I think the the rule was if you work more than fifteen minutes, it was like another number for a pay. If if, if you're talking like sixteen, seventeen minutes, I'm not gonna sit there and be like. Right. You know what I mean? Like of course. as long as you're treating me the way that I'm expected to be treated. And and those guys were not happy because they thought, hey, listen, you're going to ruin this gig for everybody. And I didn't care because I was like, you guys are screwed. I'm getting screwed. And Jay, when they had to send me the new checks, it was and, – and I will tell you this. I can't I, even it, imagine. It, it, it's crazy. When I talked to a woman – I talked to the woman who was like in charge of finance for the show. And I said, I can't believe it came to this like that. I had to go after you guys. And she said to me, she's like, I knew this would come back to bite us in the ass. She said that to me. And I was like, even she knew yeah. that they were being con artists. Well, the accountants know. They, the accountants they know. know everything that's going on. Of yeah. course. They know where you can cut corners and where you can't. And the best accountants are paid a lot. I mean, the best production accountants are paid a lot because they yeah. know what corners you can cut and get away with and which ones you can't. Yeah. That's so why those she line probably knew what she was doing. Absolutely. By the so, way, the Paramount accountants were fantastic from my experience. Really? Absolutely. I will tell you they were great dealing with everybody but the two people that I had trouble with. It was great. And I will just say like I just I, – I was very happy with how it ended. Now do I what, – what was funny is – You don't I, want to go work for Dr. Phil. Yeah. Well, I will – by the way, listen. Well, I, I, I will tell you this. The gig was going to be great. It was going to be three days a week. They filmed two shows a day. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. They got right? a great schedule. It's a great schedule. But then – so I was like, I'm missing out a lot of money now. But then it went to the other guy who I was filling in for was able to do one day a week. So I went down to two. I was like, mm. okay. Then it went to he could do two days but not one. So I was like, I don't think I really lost as much as I – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and I, I, I think it all worked out. It did. And I felt good about also, it. Also, you're a creature of late night. You know, those daytime – They're brutal. It's a different audience. They're not really there to laugh for one. Well, I mean what? they're not even there at all right now. But I mean even if they were in person, it's just that the daytime thing is different. We used to have a warm-up person for uh, Rosie O'Donnell back in the old days. Yeah, and, Joey you know, Cola. Wow, I can't believe you remember that. Of course. I don't yeah. even remember the guy's name. That was, was him. That, at NBC at 30 Rock in yep. the old days? Oh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Uh, Rosie Mike, bought him a boat. Mike – you're shitting me. Yeah. Mike Sweeney used to do it on Conan. Yep. And he was – we were – Upstairs, downstairs, whatever. We were on the sixth floor, and and Rosie was on eight. Uh, but the difference in the two shows were so similar. It's like, oh, here's two desks and a performance. I mean, the, you know, it was just such a similar 
format of a show, but they were run so, so differently. And the warm-up guy, what they had to do for Rosie was crazy. Remember the shit they had to shoot out at the audience and everything? It started what became all of you guys. So, like they so changed the game. It is funny because what's what's great was – listen, Conan was full carte blanche. Do whatever you want. Just make the audience laugh. Get, make get them, them ready happy for me. when I get there. Here's what's great. And I, and I referenced this in my exit letter. <laughs> my, my wife's always like, maybe it, it, it rushed to judgment a little bit. And I was like, no, I think I, like, you know what I mean? So um, I literally, first day after my first show, uh, one of the things I said, I, one of the jokes was, I've been preparing to do warm up for something like this for a long time. I've been going to Best Buy and just talking to all of their TV banks, <laughs> right? This I is good. I swear to you, Jay, after the first show, somebody comes up to me and they said, hey, don't mention Best Buy. Oh, my God. By the way, we're not on the air. We're not on the air. So by the way – Because of corporate nature? Well, because, but, because but, we're sponsored by Circuit City? I don't know, but we're not even on the air. So it's not even like – it's not like somebody from the corner is you know, watching about like, right. hey. And I just remember – and that was kind of in the exit letter. I said, I want to work for a show where I can mention Best Buy. You know what I mean? And that's – I. I in my years of working at Conan, nobody ever had content issues. Did the recipient of the letter get the reference that you were making? I absolutely, I assume so because uh, he was the one who told me about it. Oh, he was beautiful. The, yes, great. He was the one who said, "Don't say that." Great. So, so it, at least it landed where uh, it landed it where it needed to be. To, yeah. Yes, and and it was just it was weird because again, like, listen, I told you, I told you that story. Uh, maybe I did when I was first here. The difference between late night and a daytime show, it's night and day, right? You got to be very cautious because of the audience, the format, the content. That's kind of what I was trying to say. And it's so weird. And I think I I shared this story, but I'll share it again because it's funny. When I was relatively new to warm up, a couple years in, there was the uh, Dr. Drew at a morning show. He had a a, a morning talk show, an hour, sort of like Dr. Phil, where we talk to people. And a bunch of us got a call, a bunch of warm-ups. They said, we need a warm-up person. This audience at 9 a.m. is dead. They're just dead. We need somebody. <laughs> Where was it in L.A.? It was in L.A. Uh, it was at like some weird studio like in Van Nuys. Or something. Oh, yeah, like, oh, oh like, one of those warehouses? Like like in, uh, off of like Satakoy or something. You're yeah. like, what? My, I'm going to get carjacked here. Yeah, it's a pot-growing plant now. It's so bad, right? <laughs> so I remember, I was like, uh, Jay, I was like, I need this gig. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm getting this gig regardless of what I have to do. So I go out and I buy a ton of gift cards, and I'm like, I'm going to get this audience mm. so excited. Did yes. I share this? Yes, go ahead. Tell I, it again, I though. Just, it's great. I bought a bunch of gift cards. I go out there, and I just get the audience pumped up. I got these Starbucks gift cards. I said, you know, after the first break, I'm going to be giving out my first round of cards, so make sure you're lively, smiling, blah, 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 blah. And that was Telling when – Telling them how to earn their their Absolutely. Yeah. And these are paid audience members who are there making $8, going to go to the Arco station, get a hot dog for lunch. I mean yep. th- th- that's what they're doing. So I go out there. Everybody's Not excited. Not prisoners, but no one step. Okay, right. One one step above. So they're out there smiling, laughing. Doctor Drew comes out, and the content of the show is like, "Hey, meet Sarah." You know, she was attacked, and and you know, just all these distraughtful, hurting things to her, like you know, left for dead behind a dumpster, and all this other stuff. And all you can see is the audience like this, just smiling and like thinking about a gift card. Oh my gosh! And they're not listening to the show. I was dumb enough. I didn't go find out what the show was going to be about. And literally, 
I was let go after that show. I was li- because all they're thinking about is a gift card. I, I was literally just it would say it's goodbye. the perfect move at the wrong uh, at the wrong show. You know what was great? I got to I, so I I got to tell like, that let's story. Let's make a deal. It's brilliant. Yes, you know what I mean. You're yes. warming up. Let's make a deal. Perfect. I literally got to tell that story with him on the. We were both doing a radio show together, and I'm telling him the story. To Drew. Yes. Great. I'm telling him the story, and and he, before I even finish the story. I said uh, – I was setting it up and he's like, oh, no. Like he knew exactly how it was going to play out and was such a good sport about it. I was just like, yeah. And and again, that was the last day for that show. You know what I mean? Right. But but again, but it was like the Dr. Phil or these other daytime shows, you have to be so co- – I, I, maybe I told you this. When I worked at Dancing with the Stars for like eight weeks, one of my go-to jokes was when, – uh, When were you there? 2010, I think. Okay. Yeah, 2010. One of the hardest gigs I've ever had to do. Because it was so many VIPs sitting on the floor that could have cared less about the show. No, you're right. That one's like Hell's Kitchen. They put they they really All the stack VIPs the audience the with, yep. with famous people. Yep, I remember doing warm up. Sarah Palin sitting in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh, all these other uh, Troy Aikman, and I just remember like so all the real fans are upstairs. And I just remember being oh, on microphone. Oh, but you have to – you're talking to all of them. You're playing <laughs> – you're playing in the round. And it's very difficult. It's oh, my very, God. They almost needed two people to do that show. They right. almost did because it was so hard to do it. And, and it's, it's a pretty brutal. large set it's with people large, Yeah, three decks. Everybody's yelling, why aren't you throwing T-shirts up here? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> brutal. Yeah. So I remember the pre-show warm-up. I said, uh, who's staying at a hotel nearby? And somebody yelled, uh, us. And I was like, where are you guys staying? And they're like, the farmer's daughter right across the street. And you know where that is. It's right yeah. across the street from CBS. It's, it's uh, like yeah. next to Genghis Khan. Absolutely right there. And I said, oh, that's an hourly hotel. <laughs> Gets a big lap. Boom, boom, boom. I keep moving. And then the dated with reference. The, within six minutes, I get a tap on the shoulder. And they're like, uh, can we see? Like, I'm doing my warm-up, right? And we're about to go live. And the woman comes up. She's like, can I see you? I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm the warm-up. <laughs> or she's like, you're the warm-up guy, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you can't do those dirty jokes about uh, the, the hourly hotel. Meanwhile, we're three minutes away from these dancers coming out with their junk floating around. And I'm the bad guy. That's so it funny. was insane. That's funny. Insane. I think I might have told you this in response to that once, but when I was first moved out here, I got a couple hosting gigs too, and I was doing <laughs> I was doing these beauty pageants. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I had a friend who used to whatever run them, and she got me hooked up with the person, and they did all the beauty pageants. So I did like three of these things. But I on the first one, I thought, you know, I'm going to go. I'll be I'll be like Letterman doing the Emmys. You know, I'm doing my own little jokes or whatever. <laughs> I made a joke about double face tape. I made a joke about Vaseline. <laughs> I made I made all these like you know. What I thought were, oh, funny beauty pageant jokes. Okay, not funny at all. They were like, (laughs) they thought I was funny. They're like, look, you're very funny. (laughs) You're very funny, okay? You clearly need to be told you're very funny. But we can't be, you can't, that's, this is a pageant. This is a pageant. You're not supposed to pull the curtain back at the pageant. (laughs) Right, right. They don't want to see it. Meanwhile, I am, I was, the, the audience loved it. They loved it because they're like, oh, he's saying it. He's finally saying it. Well, listen, it. It, 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 it's that mentality, and I've seen this before. It's that mentality of corporate gigs telling you, be clean. And then the CEO goes on to introduce you, and he's dropping the F-bomb. Yeah, maybe And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like I just – you know, one of the worst corporate gigs I ever did, it was a uh, Christmas party, small little company. I, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, a company called Tough Shed, those, uh, those uh, sheds that people could – garbage in yeah, so it was tough shed like t-u-f-f we, yeah t-u-f-f we went out on this little boat out of newport beach 30 employees and they said uh you know we just want you to go you know entertain these guys uh you know right before dinner and i just remember the one guy introducing me swearing swearing and then i'm i'm literally doing it 
and I'm bombing, just bombing in front of like 30 people. On a boat. On a boat. And I know we're still out for another couple of hours. And I know there's nowhere to hide. Not drunk enough? Too not drunk? drunk enough. I not, don't know. Just not there for you. They were not a lot there. Sometimes they're not there for you. And, and you can just – you look out and you see the beautiful coast of Newport Beach like, in the backdrop. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, people out there are drinking champagne and loving life. And I'm like, you're in an I episode really of need this $200. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> and they're just – and by the way, so now it, it's over, right? Now you got to find a spot on this small little boat to hide out. For two hours until the ship pulls back, until the little boat pulls back in. Right. It was brutal. And you're like, well, what am I going to do? Ugh. I could, like, just miserable. Yeah. Yeah, there's not enough booze on the boat to to, to, to drink. Well, all of those, which is, is funny because we can't do it now because of COVID, but, like, those Christmas parties that people get paid for are the worst. They're just, like, they're just not. People are there to get sloshed. They're, they're not there, there for you. Especially the ones during the day where the company's like, we're going to do this at noon. You guys have the rest of the day off. It's a Friday. Go crazy. And People you're like, wait till their third drink to start talking about the boss. They don't care. It's so crazy. But yeah, that's the that's the beauty of doing – like sometimes the money's good, but then you're like, eh, there's all of this other nonsense attached to it. It's not worth it. Um, this has been amazing. We went on a run for 50 minutes. Let we us, did? Let me do a quick – let me just play this video real quick. It's okay. five minutes. So okay. Right and go to the bathroom if you need to or whatever. Um, this is a TBT. Okay. I'm throw it at TBT. This is a uh, – Where can uh, I watch? Uh, it'll be on the monitor right there. Okay. But uh, this is a TBT throwing back to the professor run from two years ago. Roll it, Hal. Traffic. There was no thinking, just oh, reacting. Right. Where was God. this, you guys? The five, all five lanes are closed on yeah. Highway 5. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're gonna try and win, right? Yeah, right. Follow. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's Klaus, everybody. We just met him. He came in from Vegas for this. Well, last year everybody got one, but nobody looked at it. Everybody took a ride on Decker Canyon. Continue to Mulholland. It's basically like two small routes going up, going back down to Eastgate, going south. Saturday morning, the professor run. Everyone is about to roll out. Safe drive, professor. Thank you. To you. You get an A for the semester, by the way. Nice.
lot of weather, a lot of debris. Nice and leave. Okay, now. All right, we got it now. Professor run, top of Hyuma. Pee break. <laughs> Selfie mode, such a good selfie. <laughs> Just want to make sure we got it all. I think so. Sheldon's leaving, so we wanted to get it in. We're here at Lit. Lit. After the professor yeah. run. It was pretty crazy. Hi, Mrs. Ryan. Ah. We love LA. <laughs> yeah. Randy's Donuts. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? So cool. When was that? How long ago? It was two years ago, according to the date. It was 2018. It does was not that feel like it even a little bit? It feels like yesterday to me. Was that a little uh, like snow on the? It looked like it was like mist or like could it have was, been. It was definitely cold and rainy. It yeah, might have been. Might have been chilly. I can't remember. I mean, we were all in coats there. You could tell. So oh it was my, definitely chilly. I, well, that's why I thought I was like, this doesn't look like it's L.A. I mean, it doesn't look like it's Malibu. No, no. That's insane. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. Not no. from the pictures. But then you see the views, and you're like, this is pretty incredible. Wasn't that amazing with the sky and the clouds? Incredible day for it. And that you got to go out in the rain to get that, you know? What was the, what's the idea of the professor run? What does that mean? The guy's name is the professor. I don't know how on earth he got that name. His real name is Ben. Okay. <laughs> but he's got this, his, oh, his handle, his Instagram handle is the professor. Okay. Run. And he does these, uh, these car rallies and they're just really, really fun. He's a great guy. He just, I don't know. He doesn't take life too seriously. I mean, he, he I don't, I don't mean, I don't want to paint him as a character by saying that but he's just a really really warm individual who loves 
putting love out into the world. And would, would he, he have happens done to one, be a car guy. Would he have done one this year if it wasn't for? They're, they're all the, the yeah, absolutely, and it's not annual. I mean, they're like every couple months or whenever oh. whenever he puts one together. Oh, so obviously you showed us that one, but was there one more recently that you did that you didn't film? Or? Probably, yeah, there was. Okay, Probably. so that was the in more. fact that was one of the first ones we had. Oh. we had done with him because those... it just it was the you know I made a little video for it. So those guys, those those uh, car guys, they're so connected. Because I, yeah. I have a Mini Cooper and I just know like you're like – when you see another Mini Cooper on the road, you're just like – Oh, yeah. Do I, I know you? Like they're waving. and they're, wave. Yeah, it's crazy. You're part of the club, man. You're... <laughs> That's awesome. You didn't even know. You're a member. You're a member of the Mini Cooper Club. Um, all right. Uh, back to Conan real quick. Yeah. There's one thing I wanted to know about and um, I don't even know if you know about it because you – Probably weren't there, but okay. during the Largo uh, yep. phase of Ooh, this, I know. Okay, right. you do know what I'm talking sure. about, right? And I, you probably know so. why I'm asking that question. The break-in. I want to know about the break-in and 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 what was – do you – Yeah, it's what funny. Was the, I, what was the I, face you made? I just – the only thing I knew about it was from what I read in the paper was that he – somebody broke in, stole some laptops, stole some this, that, and the other oh, okay. thing. And I didn't – I know that he goofed around about it for a little while on the show, but – I I didn't know any more than that. There was really no statement or anything internal that we heard about. Gotcha. But I just I knew that you know some stuff. And you're like, how did that? And I will say this selfishly, I thought after the break, and I was like, I bet he goes back to Warner Brothers where it's more secure. Like I oh, really isn't that funny. I thought that. I thought maybe he goes back because we're not going to get broken in there. Well, but do you remember my Letterman story? Yes, of course. Okay, so that way it was yes. it was very fresh in my head. Oh, he moved to this theater. Oh, somebody sneaks in. Yes. Oh, they take the slate, whatever. Yep. Um um I don't know. Mrs. Ryan started talking to the Conan people. I think she got she used to rep Andy too. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, for, or not. okay. She worked with Andy for years and years. Is probably still his publicist of record, I would imagine, actually. Um, or not. I don't know. So 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 you like, we were we were trying to like, oh, we're going to be pieces. interested in this story. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. We didn't know if his story would go any further than it did or if it actually was deeper than it was. Yeah, it's weird because I I th- it's not I don't think it's somebody who needed the money to buy gas. I think it's a Conan fan. But, uh could have been. Yeah. I mean, listen, I would assume that maybe Largo is Largo on like I I wouldn't assume that it would be that Hard I to don't get know. into La- Largo. Yes. That's what I said. Yes. The same thing. I go. Do you know how much easier it is to get into like a Largo theater than say the lot? Yes. Because <laughs> I remember when or the we Ed were- Sullivan Theater was it for me. Of course, I remember when we were at CBS and somebody took something off of Kilbourne's desk, like whatever his, his mug or whatever, mm-hmm. and they knew immediately who did. Like it wasn't even a quest. Like they just knew. I may have been. Oh no, we weren't there at the same time. He used to have a bar hidden in that set, like in the wood paneling. Oh, and, funny. And there was something in there that w- that went missing. I remember at one point. Because Conan had that uh, Teddy Roosevelt mug on his desk too. Uh, close. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's somebody else, but yes, it is? the big right. mug with the pencils in yes. it. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, Eisenhower. Right. Eisenhower, right, 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 right. So, but uh, listen, I don't care if there was and nobody his, on the his set. drinking mug too, same, yeah. same one from when I started with him. I don't care if there was nobody on the set, if you thought it was in the clear, like you're not lifting anything. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, you the, uh, Warner Brothers was so secure, like you just didn't do it. You know what I mean? We had Spike Ferriston on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was telling a story that I had heard way, way, way back when, and I asked him about it in person, and he told me, and he remembered everything, so I asked him to tell it on the show. When Seinfeld was going off the air, somebody snuck in and stole the intercom off of the set, the buzzer. The, they you know, did? It's George. Come on up. The little thing. And um, and Jerry had already, because of something else that had happened previously, had already 
not told anybody, but had cameras installed in the studio. Really? At, at Radford, in the stage. So they went to the videotape. They saw exactly who did it. It was writers from another show, another very big show at the time. Really? And they had to literally, I think it was, Spike said, I think it was Jerry who called and was like, well, you got to you know, bring it back. Or somebody really, somebody with the power of Jerry <laughs> called and was like, so you're going to bring that back and here's what's going to happen. You're going to apologize and you're going to maybe work again. You know. By the it was way, a big deal. Spike's also a big uh, Porsche fan. Uh, yeah, maybe the biggest. Yeah. yeah, huge. I mean, yeah. second to Jerry, perhaps. That's funny. We see we see them every week at uh, at Malibu Kitchen. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, uh, Spike every week. Oh, that's Jerry so funny. Every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, because I I I saw like I I see that Spike has all the, the he shows his cars and it's like oh my gosh. Well, that's what his show is now. His is you know he. I'm mean, sure he still writes and does comedy stuff, but his he's been in the car world since uh, five years ago or so. He started that car matchmaker show and ran like three seasons. Oh, okay. And uh, and now he does a Spikes Car Radio podcast, which is one of the biggest podcasts really? in, in the car uh, space. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Didn't even know that. It's it's huge. And he has all his reg- – he's still just Spikes, so he still has comedy people on too. Right. Still, you know, I can't think of it, but Apatow, you know, people like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, that's a great story. And he was a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. I, I wasn't trying to brag about it. I no, just wanted, no, I, I was I'm about, a fan. The, about the stolen stuff. I was, I was, I was bummed because he had. A, you want to know who else we've had? A show called. <laughs> remember, he had that show called Talk Show. Like, uh, what was it called? No, and we got we basically it was yeah. called Talk Show with Spike Ferris. Yes, and I don't know anything about it. I was asking him about it. I, the, you can only find very few clips on YouTube. about yes. it. and he was like, "No, it's embargoed. They've got it under. I don't know where it is, but they've they've hidden it." I I remember that because my buddy did warm up on it, and I was jealous because I wanted to do warm up on it. Oh no! Yeah, shit. they filmed. I think they filmed it at Radford. They filmed it somewhere. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. It was before. I think. I don't remember if it was before I was out here or whatever it was. It was a was, long I wasn't, time ago. Yeah, I wasn't yes. around for it, or I yes. would have loved to have worked on it too. Yes. Oh, that's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, small world. Did you Did you ever work on any shows that he was writing on? Did you no. guys ever overlap anywhere? No. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. no. He. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. I, unless he wrote for Doctor Phil. <laughs> yeah, I think he might have been a, on the fax team for Doctor. I always, I always love Doctor Phil's thing at the very end too. Because this is always a funny thing. He would go out and, and almost the opposite of what I did at Doctor Drew, where I front loaded just negativity before he came out. Right? Uh, I don't care what 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 would go be going on at Doctor Phil at the very end. He could be talking about you know people like like uh, you know child predators, whatever. At the end of the show, he'd be like. Don't forget to check out Robin's podcast. I got a secret. It's like, do you have any shame? Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, and then he, the guests would still be on stage, and him and Robin would walk off. It's like into the sunset. Who's it's Robin? like his wife. Is Robin on the show with Dr. Yes. Phil now? She's become a fixture on the show. Oh, when I used to, I worked there, and it was, yes. everybody hates Chris. So it was 2005. This, you know, he was new. He was new on the lot taking over that stage. She's now become a fixture. She's become oh. a fixture, and it's almost like they're making her a co-host. Oh, okay. Well, then he has no shame. Then they're, they're, they're you know, she's yes. in the machine to be built up into. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So it didn't matter what the show was about, you know, sorry that, you know, your son was <laughs> murdered, but don't forget Robin's got a podcast, you know, she's got a secret. It's just like, do you guys have any shame? Like, are you selling Omaha Steaks? Like, it was just so bad. Why does he have to have the biggest, baddest golf cart on the Paramount? Line? I don't know. Like, it has to have the biggest monster truck tires and the biggest everything. Doesn't, but obviously, they have no money for me. No. no everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody knows. Uh, what didn't we get to? Is there anything that you, I don't what know. Do you have coming I, up? I, I, well, anything with COVID? I know it's Well, tough. no, I will say I have a couple of shows in Irvine at the uh, drive-in. Uh, they're doing a, oh, a fun. 
Yeah, I just did one last week. It was a blast. Is it at the Spectrum? Yep, they're doing it on the roof of the Spectrum. Uh, the Parking roof. Garage. Yep, very top floor. Now the Spectrum is where the Improv Correct. Irvine is, so it's it's there. Go to the Irvine Improv. In it's the right line. there. I'm doing uh, December the fifth uh, with Alonzo Bowden, who I love, oh, and then love December twelfth with Bob Saget. I love him. So both, both of those are great, and you know you can come, bring you know tons of people, and we did it last Saturday for the first time. I did it. It was so fun. That's they really, really had it cool. set up in a, a very cool, safe way. Do you know Steve, Steve Mazon? Of course. He, just he was the one who got us in touch with each other, I think, early oh, no on. Oh, shit. Yes. Well, he just did one the other day, and he was saying, you know, it's, it, he's happy to do it because yes. you're out doing it. But, he, you know, the, a lot of honking, horn honking. Yes. Is that what you experienced? No, also? because they uh, – the improv learned from their mistakes early on, and what they did was they're allowing people now to back up. Like if, they're, if you have a truck, you're backing it in. So – People are in the beds of the truck, blanketed up and like food and stuff like that. And so they're this close to you. Beautiful. So the first That's couple amazing. of rows, you can hear sporadic laughter. And then there's people in the oh. back that are honking. But at least you can mingle. It's not like It's like the floor seats. Yes. Yes. It's not like you're literally just. You can get the candlelight on the floor seats. You can see yes. some faces a little bit. And by the way, because we, we were talking about uh, Richard, your uh, – uh, uh, the person who helps you, it, like Chesler. Yeah, R- Richard wrote something like, "Hey, I'm buying people tickets or whatever," and I was like, "Because he did a drive-in too." Like yeah. we were just making fun of him too. It like, seems like this is the new thing. Everyone's kind of the drive-in. Yeah, I think so. For now, it is. Somebody said to me, Ian Bag said to me, he said, oh, "I said, I love, Ian, I love Ian." He said to me, he's like, uh, "I said, do you like doing the show?" And he said, "If somebody asked me to do the, to do this in January, I would have said no way." But he's like, "Now I love it." Yep. And it, I will say this, Jay, it feels like at least for 90 minutes, some normalcy, just anything, just interacting with comics, yeah. having a beer, yeah. uh, you know, being on stage for a few minutes, it just feels normal. That's what everyone says about going over and hanging out at the comedy store. Even yes. though it's the room isn't open, right. you know, they're in the window doing their little podcasts and whatever out. Right. Um, but they say just to be there in the community with each other. Just anything. Yeah. It, it, whatever it is, just to be – you're like, oh, I'm here even though I can't go in. Yeah. It's just better than anything. So, yeah, I did one last week. It was great. And then two more coming up in December. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean I was supposed to do a couple of other shows. They got canceled because of everything. Um, so it, it's fine. How do you know Ian? Like, not to mount back to Ian. He's he, one of my favorite comedians. He's oh one my of my God. favorite just funny people I've ever met. He was a guy that I met years and years ago. But I, how I knew Ian or got to know him a little bit better was when I was back in Michigan years ago, um, we were doing a benefit show uh, at one of the comedy clubs there in Michigan at Mark Ridley's in Royal Oak. Mm-hmm. And it was for uh, my niece's school for autism. Okay. So how they worked it was – we wanted to do it on a Thursday, and they would just say, hey, you pay this amount, and whoever the headliner is for that weekend will just do the show, right? And Ian was the headliner. Sure. So Ian did the benefit. He was amazing and just was so good, and I just remember like hanging out with him that night. We just developed a great friendship. He's also on the spectrum, so that was perfect. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's – I, I, I should say I... – <laughs> He is uh, – by the way – I should say that his wife is an actual occupational therapist. Absolutely. I've known her for years yes, and years. I've known her for years before yep. uh, before she was married to Ian. Yes. So that's our connection. I knew her and she used to be friends with my then-girlfriend. You know what I mean? That whole thing. I and saw... then she married – she's getting – oh, I'm dating a comedian. I was living back east. I'm like, you should go see his show. We saw oh, him, my gosh. Saw him at, at... I saw him do crowd work that night and I was blown away how That's what was. I was going to say. We I saw mean... it. We went to Gotham and yeah. saw him that week. And it was – his crowd work blew me away. He literally – some kid was kind of goofing on him in the front row, not to be mean or whatever. But 
Ian said, do you have a lisp? He's like, is somebody making fun of me with a lisp? He's like, you got to get it out quicker. Like I was like just blown away with just how fast But he has he is. one so he can do all that shit. It's he, so... knows his, he knows his little Piccadilly so well that he'll never get let you – I mean he already knows – He's so great. I knew Ian when he was bigger too. Like he was a bigger guy, and then he lost a bunch of weight, and now he's like he's done this a couple times. Is yes. he light again? Yes, he's yes. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, so funny. He's got that hockey player build. You know, he yes. can put a barrel chest on, no problem, and he sort of still looks good. With he's it. one of those guys too. You're like, he why isn't he way more famous than he is? Do you know what his answer was? Hmm. I don't. I don't want to say the person he used to be represented by because he may still be. <laughs> um. But we had this conversation with Ian and this representative. Okay. They said it was because of the type of comedy that he does. He has plenty of material, but yeah, labeled as crowd work. Sure. And, you know, you're not going to get a tight five on on a show with that kind of thing, even though he did Leno in the old days. Yep. And I think his – that conversation special is one of the best stand-up specials I've seen, period, because they really captured him doing what he does. It's hard to do in a big room for a special, and they, they did it well. I think at the end of the day, like, I mean, he's so talented. I just can't believe that they haven't found a niche for him. So, like, that I agree mean? with. I think the Ian Bank show funny. could be a show. Absolutely. I think, I think if he did this type of show instead of, like, the radio format, I think he I think he would really be good at it. I, I, mean, I would watch that show. I, I He's one of my favorites. Like, he's one of those guys almost like, do you know who Jessica Kirsten is? From yeah. From New York? Like, almost like tons of comics come in the room to watch yeah 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 the comics yeah. comic always that's the thing with Ian they all line the wall at mm-hmm. comedy magic when he goes up they love him yep so yeah it'll be fun I'm looking forward to the shows especially you know because it'll just give me a chance to get out and do something so yeah awesome yeah December 5th and the 12th 5th and 12th at the Irvine yep. what, it's the Irvine the Spectrum Impact, I guess. yeah yeah Spectrum yeah and then uh, in 2021 if there is even a 2021, yeah. if we even have a president, and at we'll that see. point, yeah. we'll see what's going maybe on we'll with We'll see you. if I get back in Largo. That's we'll what see. I was going to say. If yeah. Fingers crossed for we'll maybe, maybe Conan without borders with audiences. Something. Yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I have no control over it, but like at least there's some light in terms of maybe this positivity will work itself through. You seem like you're going with the flow for the most part of it. Are you, you're not and getting too stressed do. out not about any of it, right? No. Good no, not at all. No, because you know what? There's nothing you could. What are you gonna do? I, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still, I still spend a lot of time doing dog rescue stuff, which I love. Good That's keeping me busy. Just trying to do my stuff. You know who was here the other day? Who? Uh, Victoria Schaefer, Paul Schaefer's daughter. No way. Yeah, she's a she does uh, animal activism as well. She she is a puppy rescuer and a, a fosterer. And she, that she was here talking all about it the other day. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, so that's great. Having yeah. you say that, you for, I forgot all about it. You mentioned it last time. Please listen, keep doing that. Listen, I, I'm i driving out tomorrow to Apple Valley to go grab a dog. That's, you know. It, that's the work that keeps the world spinning. You know what I'm saying? I will say, kind of a down story, but we pulled a dog, literally this last Friday, we pulled a dog out of uh, one of the shelters. The dog got hit by a car. The owner had to oh. surrender the dogs. They couldn't afford the oh. medical. We pulled this dog out. I literally pulled the dog. It was in my car. Drove him from Van Nuys to the Camarillo Airport where there was an airplane waiting for this dog. Loaded the dog on a plane. A rescue in San Francisco was taking the dog, paying for Whoa. all of his medical. The dog gets to San Francisco. Uh, 
this is I, I should just make up a different ending, but the dog <laughs> ends up passing away oh, yeah. because he had just a ton of spinal cord injuries, whatever. But I was just sometimes like, that is a happy ending, by the way. Well, the dog got lo- the, at the end of the day, the dog. I'm got not loved, taking a private plane. Got care- no, yeah. the dog got loved and cared, and said, "You know what? I, oh my gosh, didn't this pass is what in it the shelter, like. and then boom, exactly, it didn't pass in the shelter. Exactly. Makes all the difference." I watch those all dodo things all the time. Sometimes they do die at the end, but there's a happy. It, it was, and I, I literally got to spend two hours with this guy. You know, it, it was amazing. And it just, you know, it, if you're not taking advantage of this time off, then shame on you. It's like you got to be, because I have friends, and I'm sure you do too, that are just doom and gloom. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, Listen, yeah. Man. Well, they're just complaining about that. And why aren't they doing this? And when they want to. Yeah. It's like, I can't, please, I can't handle it. I can't be around you. Man. I can't handle it. I love it. you, but. Like either let me help you out of the hole or there, call me when you're willing. And by the way, we, we've talked about Steve Mason before. He's a guy that I kind of shadow myself after because there's a guy who, whether he's working a ton or can't find a gig, is always the same even-tempered. Uh, always. When you almost die, sometimes it changes you. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And, I mean if anybody hasn't checked out his uh, documentary, yeah, Dying to Do Letterman, he had cancer and was looking, staring death in the face and yep. said, you know what? I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to do whatever it takes to try to achieve my goal. Well, I, I, and he I, did it. I had a friend that was tell- complaining about when we're going to get back to work, when we're going to get back to work. Like, and then the next breath was like, I'm not sure what hotel we're going to stay at in Maui. It's like, wait, what? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. You've lost me. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I are looking to go away for a weekend in Fresno. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at a B- Airbnb. We'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is as good a time as any to say. Yes. To remind you that if you are in a part of the country that you should be wearing a mask, which is most places now. We're going on lockdown tomorrow, my friend. Are we? Is that what you think so? Yeah. Oh, no. It's already been said. Oh, it has? At 10 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. Get in your bar and restaurant runs before 10. So, Hunziger, uh, if you're in a part of the country where you should be wearing a mask and you're not, uh, and somebody isn't, you could say to them, Hey, need a mask? <laughs> Shophunziger.com. That's what we did. Uh, all sorts of fine automotive art in the form of masks available at HunzigerDesign.com. H-U-N-Z-I-K-E-R. Design. There it is. Okay. And, Gary, since we have to yes. pay the bills and we're doing it, you Kay. may look over here. They put in a new uh, building across the way. They have St. Clair Insurance. Let me tell you Ooh. all about them. Tell you all about St. Clair Insurance Please. right here. They say all that separates men and boys is the coverage for their toys. St. Clair Insurance has coverage for your toys. What kind of toys, Gary Cannon? What kind? <laughs> what kind Anything. If you've got a collection of cars, that by far is insurable. If you've got a, a, a lawnmower, if, we figured this out the other day. If you've got one of those V8 bar stools that you drive down the, the road in that those competitions, you can insure it. Absolutely. Okay. It's got a motor on it. And you are you telling it. me that St. Clair would insure it? Absolutely. I don't believe you, but they're, they're, <laughs> they would insure it. That's right. Okay. Coverage for all of your toys. You've got a boat. State Farm's not insuring, insuring that shit. Boats, St. Clair will. Uh, 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 electric scooters, I don't know, snowmobiles, snow okay. blowers, your home, your business, anything that uh, could require insurance. St. Clair's the call. St. Clair's the call to make. <laughs> and 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 if you're already an existing Haggerty customer, by all means, go get yourself a rep. Haggerty recommends it. Um, and there's no change to your to the cost of your, your premiums or anything. You just have somebody, like a concierge, you have somebody you can call when something happens. Look if, at that. God forbid, something does happen. Uh, so St. Clair Insurance, CoverageForYourToys.com, 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 Nationwide Warehouse. <laughs> Keys on Van Nuys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, Crazy Eddie. Remember? Yes, crazy Eddie, his course. prices are insane. Is that the mattress guy? Or no, the That's mattress- Crazy Gideon, but Crazy Eddie was like electronics and stuff. Oh my gosh, right, right. Oh no, You're Killing Me Larry is the You're Killing Me Larry, guy. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gideon's the other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. we have crazy a few, Gideon. yes. Crazy Larry, you're killing me. Yeah. 
when I we had uh, Bob's Discount Furniture back east too. Yeah, of course. Come on down. Yeah. And then, of course, everyone's favorite is the one eight hundred Empire, whatever that. Eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire. <laughs> Call today. Um, how do we do? How do you feel? I love it. Thank you for having me. I know we could have done Zoom. I don't care. I wanted to come in. I and far just, prefer yes. this. Thank you for being of willing. Of course. Um, um, come back anytime. I mean, you say I know that, you say that, but if I come back tomorrow, that's you're, you're not going to buzz me. Can in. we do it on a Tuesday or a Thursday? We could, that we would could. be if we Absolutely. can keep to the show schedule. That would be then even that would better work. That's right. It's always been. Too, I like it. Yes, I would love to. Thank you. Uh, and we're live now, so well, I, mean, I love it's, it. It's a different, Easy. different energy. Easy. I love it. And maybe Mrs. Ryan will be back. I would love time. it. I would love it. All right. Um, thank you, Jay. Thank you, my friend. My love to our friends at Conan, who you yes. may or may not see anytime yes. soon. Yes, I hope to see them. <laughs> yes, yes. There probably will be. It wouldn't be a rap party. I'm sure there would be. There'd be something. There'll be a holiday party soon. Not now, no. Mm-mm. No holiday Not even party. via Zoom? Oh, well, maybe that way, but no. But, but right. Not <laughs> oh, no, right no, no, no. No yeah, live. Not going to rent out the museum and go no. down to LACMA. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Hang in there. We're trying. You're doing great. And keep doing the dog stuff and keep I doing will. performing. I love it. I just love you, man. Thank you, Jay. Uh, we love everybody at home. Please love one another. I will be back here on Tuesday with Ray Schaefer from Porsche, Porsche Corporate. And uh, Thursday, it looks like we're going to have Pete Stout, which would be really great, from Triple Zero Magazine, also Porsche. So Porsche week next week. Um, that's it. We'll see you out there tomorrow at Breakfast Club up at Newcomb's Ranch. We get there around 9, 9 to 11. It's a nice nice numbers for a Porsche meet. Oh, nice. 9 to 11. Uh, Newcomb's Ranch, and uh, they're not open, but Donuts and Coffee will be there with us in uh, the weekend. I don't know. We'll be in Malibu. Love you. Please love one another. See you out there. That's awesome. You're awesome. I, I feel like sometimes I, I drag out the stories too long. That'll mean to do that. I don't mean to do that. Okay. still on now, though. Huh? I say you're still on now. Though. I am? Well, I mean, they can hear you. Oh. Um... <laughs>